We're here in Madison. It's a 10-point lead for Wisconsin, and Jawan Howard just got teed up as he went face-to-face there with Kip Kissinger. I don't get caught up into what's down the road. I'm more concerned about playing good basketball right now because if you don't play good basketball right now, down the road ain't going to happen. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So I spent a lot of time on Twitter, probably too much, but I also kind of need to for the job, right? Because if there's some breaking sports news at 2 o'clock, I can't just find out about it at 345. Like, I need to know basically right away because I need to know the details. Is this something we got to talk about on the show? Do I need to know this? Blah, blah, blah. Right? So I'm always on Twitter. So some breaking news earlier today that happened was Raquel Welch passed away. Right? I don't know if I've ever seen a movie with her, but I definitely knew who she was. And I saw the tweets. I was like, oh, okay. Rest in peace. And I went about my day. And then later in the afternoon, I saw some tweets about the Chiefs parade in Kansas City. Like, oh, that's nice. I always love a Super Bowl parade, championship parade. Always fun for the fans. It wasn't fun for the Rams because they don't have any fans. That looked really lame. But, you know, for most normal teams, championship parade, really a good time. And I didn't really think about it. And then, you know, five, ten minutes ago, right before I started the show, I checked Twitter and I see Kansas City bombers trending. And I'm like, oh, no. Because my first thought was, somebody in Kansas City... You know what I mean? This has happened before. It happens in marathons. It happens at school. This is it's kind of an American thing. I did not know that that was a movie that had Raquel Welch in it. Not great timing for Twitter. <laughs> is this actress who's a legend passed away? So everyone's talking about her, tweeting about her. And one of her movies happens to be called Kansas City Bomber. And it's the afternoon of the Chiefs championship parade in Kansas City. I panicked a little bit. I I freaked out a little bit for a sec before I realized what was going on. Oh, my God. So crisis averted. We're not. We're we're, we're good. We're out of the woods there. Just uh, a really unlucky circumstance. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and that is discussing trending topics. Uh, Kansas City Bomber and the Kansas City Super Bowl Parade. That actually scared me a lot this afternoon when I saw it. We're not going to talk about the Chiefs tonight, I don't think. I think we're going to move past the Super Bowl. We talked about it a lot on Monday. Talked about it a little bit more yesterday. Salary cap, uh, the roster around Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, and Andy Reid, and and all the things organizationally that have to happen for a team to make three Super Bowls in five years and win two Super Bowls. And the second one, as I think has been discussed a lot, Right, probably a little bit tougher, probably a little bit more special because Kansas City realized this doesn't just happen every year. Right, I think Tom Brady gained an appreciation for Super Bowls as he got older too because he came into the league, great team, great defense, great coach, won a lot right away. And I'm not saying that it seemed easy for him, but it probably seemed a lot easier than it is. And then he went a decade without winning one and realized how hard it was to get back and how hard it was going to be to win another one. And I'm sure... You know, after waiting a couple of years, the Chiefs won their first one in, what, 2019, 2020? It's been three years since then, two years since then. Uh, And to get back and win it, probably a little bit more special. So they have their parade going on today. We talked about Kansas City in a very hard-earned second Super Bowl in five years. And we talked about that 
Yesterday, we talked about it the day before. If you missed that, you can find it in the podcast. I don't want to do that tonight. We have two basketball games to discuss, both the Badgers and the Bucks. Both teams won last night. Both teams and both games were very entertaining for different reasons and, and different things on the line. Both games were awesome. It was a really fun night of basketball. I want to talk a little bit of Brewers tonight, and we're going to talk just a pinch of Aaron Rodgers. Probably around 4.30, 4.45, we can talk about some Aaron Rodgers stuff. 608 796 if you want to text or call the show. And you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. And as I tweeted earlier today, big announcement on tonight's show. Whenever we get to baseball, whenever we get to the Brewers, because pitchers and catchers are reporting, uh, I have an announcement. That's as much as I'm going to tease it. I, I would tell you, lower your expectations a little because it's it's probably not as cool as maybe you're thinking. But I do have something to announce, and I'm excited. So we're going to do that probably in the second half of the show. I want to start with Bucks celtics because it was the first game of the night last night, and I have more to say about the Badgers game. So just a couple quick words on Bucks celtics and then we'll get into Wisconsin, and then we can take some calls, and I'm sure you probably have more to say about that Wisconsin game too. But I want to talk about Bucks celtics because everyone complained about this game yesterday. I listened to a lot of sports talk. Different stations, different shows. Everyone was complaining about this game, except Zach Heilprin. He corrected me on Twitter last night. He did not mention this game once. Correct. Zach is is exempt from this. But everybody who I listened to on Wisconsin Sports Talk Radio yesterday complained about this game. Load management. Classic 2023 NBA. Colin Coward even tweeted about it because no Tatum, no Brown, no Marcus Smart, no Al Horford. Right? No one was playing. And I get it. It sucks that Boston Stars didn't play. I get it. I get why that's a bummer. But they're hurt. Not much more you can do. Right? If they can't play, they can't play. It's not like Boston was actively looking to rest their players. Marcus Smart hurt his ankle really bad. Jalen Brown has a broken face. Jason Tatum had a leg strain. It was the second night of a back-to-back. Like, Boston's got a lot going on. The Bucks have gone through stretches where they've had a lot of injuries. It's all hit at once, and it sucks. Boston's going through that right now. What do you want? What do you want, Adam Silver, to to call up the Celtics and say, no, you guys have to play? Sports don't work like that. If they can't play, they can't play. And everyone was complaining about it yesterday. And for all the disappointment and for all the complaints about this Bucks celtics the game was fantastic. It was awesome. It was an awesome basketball game. One of the best basketball games I've watched the Bucks play all year. Maybe it wasn't the Bucks' best game. Maybe it wasn't the Celtics' best game. But from an entertainment product, which is what this is, at the end of the day, I sat down last night and invested two hours of my free time into a basketball game. It was phenomenal. It was entertaining, back and forth, lots of runs, ups and downs. It was great. And I get that it was Boston's bench. And I get that the Stars weren't playing. And I get that the Bucks probably should have won by more. But do you like sports? Do you like good basketball games? Because last night was a good basketball game. That was good sports. All players in the NBA are really, really good. So don't fault the Bucks when Derek White goes for 27. Derek White's really good. Sam Hauser can hit threes. He hit a couple of them last night. Grant Williams is an NBA player. He can get hot. Malcolm Brogdon's really good. Malcolm Brogdon was a starter for the Bucks on a championship caliber team. Malcolm Brogdon's really good. Yeah, he could go for 26 at any point. Derek White can go for 25 at any point. That's how the NBA works. That's why it's fun. Is even the benches of all these teams can go get buckets. And I feel that way about the Bucs to a certain extent, too. Not as much as the Celtics, because the Celtics are deeper. But the Bucs have more talent at the top, right? All these teams are a little bit different, but they're all packed to the gills with talented basketball players who can all go out and put up points. And that's what we saw last night. I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to whine about that. 
I'm not going to say, well, the Bucs should have won by more. Yeah, they probably should have. But you know what? That was a great game. And I'm not going to complain about the game before because there's guys injured. And then I'm not going to complain about the game after because the Bucs didn't win by enough. I, I'm not going to complain. It was an awesome NBA game. And it's February. I'll take an awesome NBA game in February. And I saw a lot of Bucks fans on Twitter last night and today drawing conclusions from this game. I was going back and forth with someone. I was probably a little mean. I actually apologize this morning. He's like, this game told us all we needed to know about the Bucks. They needed overtime to beat Boston's bench. It's like, stop. We don't need to draw grand conclusions from this game. We don't need to project this game into April and May because April is April and May is May and these teams will look different and the circumstances will look different. It's This is not a game we need to draw grand conclusions from. This is a game that showed us what we've known to be true all along about the Bucks and about the Celtics. I've said this time and time again, and last night was another great example. The Bucs and the Celtics are very different teams. The Bucs are a lot of older players who have made their money, who have won their rings, who have won their awards. They've made all-star games. They've won 60 games. They've accomplished basically everything you can accomplish in the NBA except for winning a second ring or a third ring. There's not much that the Bucs are out to prove on a Tuesday night in February. Giannis has kids. Drew Holiday has a family. Right? These guys have kids they go home to. They're old. They are accomplished. They're satisfied to a certain degree. Boston, other side of that coin, young, unproven. They've just started their NBA careers. They're younger, spryer. They don't get hurt. As, they're throwing their body around on a night-to-night basis. They're going after it. They're trying to win 60 games. They're fighting for that number one seed, fighting for an MVP maybe in the case of Tatum, right? Fighting, trying to score as many points as they can. They are younger. The Bucks are older. We've seen this all year long. It remains true. Last night was a great example because in 2018 or 2019, when the Bucs really broke through and were setting the league on fire and they're getting the number one seed, the Bucs would have games like the Celtics did last night where Giannis wouldn't play or Chris wouldn't play and, and then their bench players would go off and you're like, oh my God, this team is incredible. Well, yeah, the team is really good, just like Boston's really good, but they're younger. They're hungrier. They're unproven. They're unpaid. They're all of the things that push basketball players to go all out even in a game that It's kind of a throwaway game on a Tuesday night in February. We've known this to be true for months. We saw it again last night. It was a really fun game. Enjoy it. That's what sports are about, right? You like basketball? Well, that was a great basketball game. I'm not going to complain about it. Okay, let's talk Wisconsin-Michigan. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift. I think we hit the nail right on the head yesterday. Talking to Vagabond John. Got that text from LaCroix Butler. Uh, Did we talk to Daniel and Madison yesterday? I can't remember. We talked to... Uh, Badger contingent on the show previewing Wisconsin, Michigan. And I think we said all the right things. I think we were right about a lot of things. The Kohl Center was popping, right? The energy was high. Greg Gard had him ready to go. We even went into a, a conversation about Carter Gilmore, about it's probably his job to go out there and eat up some fouls and beat up Hunter Dickinson and play defense. And he was great. We are even right about Carter Gilmore. We had correct Carter Gilmore takes on this show. Right? I think we felt this game correctly I'm not going to say we predicted it or we called it, but I think a lot of Badgers fans had a good feeling going into this game that even though the season's not going great right now, and even though this team isn't looking their best, we thought we were maybe going to see their best or see a very good game because Michigan was going to get them up and get them going. And that's what happened. The stakes got high last night. The stakes were raised when Hunter Dickinson, who called the Badgers, you know, scumbags a couple weeks ago, he showed up in a ski mask. He showed up to the game in a ski mask. Come on. What is that? 
That's terrible. Hunter Dickinson is such a boob. And we talked about this yesterday, and we played the clip from the round ball podcast or whatever it is on Barstool. I I don't know if Marty Mush had some sort of contract with Barstool because it felt like when all that drama went down between him and Big Cat, or or, no, it was Hank. It was Hank on Pardon My Take. Felt like maybe Marty Mush was on the outs, and they're like, well, we can't get rid of him. He's under contract or this and that, so let's just make him do a stupid college basketball podcast with like Hunter Dickinson and Bohannon. No one will listen to it. Who cares? He'll be out of the way. That's that's the podcast that he goes on. Calls Wisconsin scumbags. Shows up to the Kohl Center in a ski mask. What a loser. He plays like a loser. I'm watching him on the court last night. I don't know if it's his t-shirt, his body language, his facial expressions. It's like this guy. And someone slammed him in the postgame. I watched the postgame on ESPN2, I believe. And I don't remember who the studio crew was. Maybe it was Seth Greenberg. When they were going through the highlights of the game, felt the need to interject and say, maybe if Hunter Dickinson focused a little bit more on being a basketball player and, and less of a social media star, right? He wouldn't go over three for three points in the second half. And it's not like Wisconsin didn't open the door for Michigan to come back. They opened the door for Hunter Dickinson to really take a hold of this game and steal a win, as he said when he showed up in a ski mask. What a boob. Wisconsin didn't make a shot in the final 10:45. They went the final 10 minutes without making a shot. It was free throws only down the stretch. And luckily, they made their free throws, probably because Siegen took a lot of them, and he can actually make free throws. But it was the same Wisconsin team we've seen. Second half, offense shuts off. Tyler Wall can't make layups. Chucky Hepburn couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. It's Connor Siegen coming off of cuts and making free throws. That's what it was. And they didn't make a field goal for the final 10-45, left the door open for Michigan, and Michigan couldn't do it, especially Hunter Dickinson. This was the same Badgers team we've been seeing. Now they made their free throws, and the Cole Center had a great environment, so I guess it was a little bit better than the Badgers we've been watching for the last two or three weeks, but a lot of the same ingredients, a lot of the same problems, a lot of the same issues, except they won. And that's why on yesterday's show, I compared this game, Wisconsin-Michigan, to the Week 16 Packers-Vikings game at Lambeau, or Week 17 the second-to-last game, so I suppose that'd be Week 17. I compared Wisconsin-Michigan to Packers-Vikings because the Packers' season didn't really mean a whole lot. I don't even think if they made it into the playoffs, they would have been able to do very much. If Wisconsin's able to somehow scrape their way into the NCAA tournament, I don't know that they're going to do a whole lot. But it's fun to beat your rivals, and it's fun to get up for those rivalry games, and it's fun when there's something personal on the line between two rivals and two fan bases. Hunter Dickinson did a good job of upping those stakes and making it personal. And I think charging up the crowd a little bit. And of course, Jawan Howard, you know, last time he was in Madison, punched a coach. <laughs> punched right, right in the kisser. And somehow he debated whether or not that was Greg Gard's fault or Jawan Howard's fault. I don't know whose fist connected with who. Seems like maybe it would be that guy's fault. I digress. Saw a lot of the same from Wisconsin last night, as I said, except it was a fun win. We saw a lot of the same from Michigan too. We saw a lot of, The same stuff that we've seen all year long with Ohio State, with Iowa. We saw a lot of that in Michigan last night, too. It's been a trend all season. Teams and their coaches just throw games versus Wisconsin. I can't explain it. I can't understand it. I don't know if I've ever seen a season like this. If I have, I don't remember it. December 11th, Wisconsin's playing Iowa. Remember this? Wisconsin wins by three points in overtime. Super close game. Fran McCaffrey melts down. In a three-point game, it was 55-52 at the time he was teed up with four minutes left. Gives away two points. The Siegen made both the free throws. Badgers end up winning in overtime. 
If Fran McCaffrey doesn't get teed up game, doesn't go to overtime, Iowa wins. That's a game that Fran McCaffrey basically threw for his team. February 2nd, Wisconsin beats Ohio State 65-60. Chris Holtman gets ejected before halftime, blows up, goes nuclear, gives away four points in a game that ultimately has a margin of five points and gets ejected. feel like he had a pretty active role in losing that game for his team. And then last night, Wisconsin beats Michigan effectively in a one-possession game that gets a little bit more, turned into a five-point game after the free throws. One-possession game, and Juwan Howard blows up with a tech. I said this a couple weeks ago, I remember. It's hard to win in this league, absolutely. But as made evident by some of these other Big Ten coaches, it's also really easy to lose in this league. Like, you can easily walk out there every night and lose a game for your team. McCaffrey, Holtman, Juwan Howard, getting teed up, costing their team two or three or four points, and then they end up losing in a one-possession game. Greg Gard might not be winning games like usual this season. They're only 15-10. and 10. They're unranked. It hasn't been a perfect year, and Greg Gard might not be winning a lot of games. But he's not actively losing them. And that's more than you can say for Juwan Howard, Fran McCaffrey, Chris Holtman, some of the teams that the Badgers have been able to pick off throughout the course of their Big Ten schedule. 608-796-2558 if you want to talk Badgers basketball. Really fun win over rival Michigan last night. If you want to talk Bucks Celtics, we can do that as well. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, some breaking news that I'm sure very few of you will care about, but I just saw over the break. Bryn Forbes got arrested for domestic violence? He doesn't strike me as a domestic violence-looking guy. I know that's an insensitive statement because someone would tell me, well, you can never, you know, tell. It can happen to anyone. I know. Don't cancel me for this. I just, he looks, he looks like a Sesame Street character. Yeah, he was arrested in San Antonio last night. Stock has never been higher, by the way, for our friend Justin Garcia for a million different reasons. Uh, But another notch on Justin's belt. I think it was two weeks ago I had him on and, we were talking about potential, like, buyout guys, you know, Patrick Beverly this, you know, potential bigs, wings. I was like, what about Bryn Forbes? He can heat it up. And he's like, shut up, Grant. You're an idiot. Uh, which is, in, in a lot of ways, true. Still hurtful, but correct. Justin Garcia, correct again. His stock continues to rise. It's been a big uh, two weeks for Justin Garcia here, collecting a lot of W's on Twitter uh, and, and joining the show, you know, things that matter. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show, 608-796-2558. I have two comments from Vagabond John. The first one is a picture from him at the Kohl's Center last night with a notification from his Apple Watch about excessive noise, right? And he said, we need answers from the Kohl's Center is dead crowd. To which I replied, I've kind of backed off the Kohl's Center volume thing. It seems like something that casuals talk about. And I am no casual for Badgers basketball. I have... Uh, worn that title in the past. There are past seasons where I just haven't been super into the team. This is not uh, this is not a casual season for me. So I've kind of detached myself from the Cole Center is dead conversation. It seems like something that casuals talk about when they don't know what else to say. And I have lots of takes about this team, none of which have to do with the crowd. The crowd was excellent last night. 
of course, Hunter Dickinson and Juwan Howard made that very easy, which we knew going in. We talked about this yesterday. The crowd was going to be great. This team was probably going to put together their best possible performance last night. I thought they were going to win. LaCroix Butler, Vagabond John, a lot of our Badger-centric callers last night all said the same. So, again, this show is collecting W's and getting things correct. Uh, Vagabond John also texted in and said, Dickinson showing up in a ski mask, pointing fake guns at the crowd, wild persona to take on less than 24 hours after the events on Michigan State's campus. Yeah, Another thing, another L for Hunter Dickinson. There's layers to this whole ski mask thing. Not only is it really stupid and dumb looking and childish, but it's also, I think, a little insensitive. You are correct, Vagabond John. Brett in Eau Claire says Greenberg and LaFonso Ellis. Yep, that's the crew. It was Seth Greenberg, uh, who basically just interrupted the highlight read after Wisconsin-Michigan to say, Hunter Dickinson would be a lot better off focusing on his game instead of trying to be a social media star. Which I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Good take. Good old man take. There's there's good old man takes. That is one. And then there's bad old man takes. And a bad old man take is LeBron wouldn't be a top 10 player all time if he played in the 80s, which we had to endure from David Monona not that long ago. And we heard the same thing about Patrick Mahomes on Monday. Uh, this, however, was a good old man take. I want to hear about how Hunter Dickinson needs to get off of Twitter and start focusing on uh, on other things. I'm all about that. Mike in Colorado says, Grant, I think McGee needs some more court time. UW built their lead up to 12 with him in there. They seem to play quicker and more confidently driving towards the lane. Then Hepburn went back and their momentum faded and they could not regain it. Luckily, they had a good night at the line. That's true. The free throw shooting carried him last night. Imagine. Imagine. Look at that. Look at look at what happens when you make some free throws. Imagine that. Just just bizarre stuff last night. World. Badgers making free throws and winning because of it. Yeah, we can talk Kamari McGee in a couple of minutes because I, I think Kamari McGee represents something really important to this team, and he represents something that was very obvious to me last night. Uh, and you can see that in the body language and the behavior of, of the other Badgers players, especially their stars, their top-level players. Let's talk to, I believe this is DW and New Glarus. Do we have the mayor? DW, what's going on? Hey, Grant. Living, living large, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Well, Badger um, fans should be on a day like today. <laughs> I tell you what, I was worried about that game last night with that cold stretch. They, you know, they're up 17 at Nebraska, and they end up losing the game. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, it's going to happen again. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you what, that Dickinson, I really don't like to talk about players, but that guy's one goofball. He's like, so where, weird. Wearing a ski wearing a ski mask and coming in, we're going to steal one and call Wisconsin players a bunch of scumbags. And then I don't know if you watched the whole game, but uh, yeah. Dickinson and Crowell got tangled up and uh, Dickinson had his elbows up in by uh, Crowell's head. But that, Crowell got the foul. I, just, I couldn't believe that call. That play was such um, a, like, you remember when you were younger and you played sports and there was the... The, the one kid on your team who was just really immature and would like cry at the drop of a hat and like would flail around and be really dramatic. And it's just like, Oh, this kid just needs to grow up. That's Hunter Dickinson, except he's what? 25. Like he's, he's still, yeah. he's still like that. I don't know how old he is. 24, 25. I'm assuming something like that. But I, I just hope those Wisconsin uh, Badgers can find a shooting coach or something. And hopefully they don't go through this, uh, this ball the next couple of games because uh, how good would Johnny Davis look in a Badger uniform this year because he's not playing with what, what is he playing down in the G League and averages 10 points a game? He's in the G League. Oh. I don't know that he plays a yeah. lot in the G League. He's there though. 
he is in the gym. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's a tough call. But going on to the Bucks game, I tell you what, I'm I'm stoked. I mean, even you know Boston's got a heck of a team. They they go 10, 12 guys deep. They, there's like they got three or four subs that could be starting on any NBA team, regardless. Yeah. I mean, Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon is. He could be an all-star if he's starting with the right team. He's such um, a good player. But, such uh, a good player. I'll tell you what, I like that, I like that Jay Crowder pickup. I think he's going to bring some uh, dog to the defense, like um, that guy in the, that guy, guy, that Tucker kid that we had a couple of years back. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, liking our cha- I'm liking our chances go far in the playoffs this year as long as everybody stays healthy and Middleton can get off his minute restriction. But... Uh, I hope all's well with you, Grant, and uh, I'll just hang up and listen. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, DW. It's been a while since we've heard from the mayor, so I appreciate the call. Almost didn't recognize your name and number there. Yeah, on Jay Crowder really quick, I think last night, especially in overtime, a really good example of why the Bucks are really going to be helped by Jay Crowder. Because in overtime, the Bucks played Joe Ingles as their fifth guy a little bit, and then they played Javon Carter a little bit. Like, they, they switched back and forth between those two. And all of the Celtics' points that were scored in overtime – were scored on their fifth player on the floor. So not on Giannis, right? Not on Brooke, not on, not on their main guys. It was the other guy that they were rotating in in the place of Chris Middleton, who didn't play in overtime. And Jay Crowder is just one more body where when they really need to clamp it down and play elite defense, and that's how the Bucks are going to contend. They do not have a pretty high-flying offense. They're going to bludgeon you to death. They're going to outwork you on offense. They're going to play really good defense. And last night we saw in overtime... That extra guy just wasn't there because the Celtics would hunt Javon Carter. They'd get Malcolm Brogdon on Javon Carter. Malcolm Brogdon's pretty big, and he'd get inside, and he'd back down and get to his spots. Or they would isolate Joe Ingles on a switch, and then they'd drive by him because Joe Ingles is a little slow, especially coming off of a knee injury. So overtime last night, great example of why Jay Crowder is really important to this team and is going to play an important role and fill a need. Oh, by the way, Hunter Dickinson is 22 uh, sorry, I, my mind went to Brad Davison. Although, how old is Brad Davison? We always think these guys are older than they are because 22, it feels like they've been there for a million years. Yeah, Brad Davison's only 23. Oh, God. I'm about to turn 25. That makes me feel not old. I'm not, I'm not Ben Kenny, where I just talk about how old I feel all the time, and I love that about Ben. It's like, I'm going to go home and go, I feel like such an old man. I had two beers. I got hung over. You know, Ben loves saying stuff like that. I don't feel old, old. I do feel old relative to college athletes now, though. Because Hunter Dickinson feels like he's been around for a million years, and I'm almost three years older than him. 608-796-2558. We got some Kamari McGee takes, and I love that. Let's talk about Kamari McGee and what he brought to the team last night. It's the Wisco Sports Show, and we're back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome day. We're going to talk Brewers in a little bit, and I have a big announcement, a major announcement to go all Donald Trump with it. It's not that big of an announcement, but it is an announcement for the show, and it relates to the Brewers. We're going to do that probably just after 5 o'clock. So to you who just texted me from Eau Claire, said I probably missed the Brewers segment, but I needed to add my two cents. So no, you have missed nothing, and your two cents uh, will be used. I'm I'm just going to... I'm going to save this text when we get to the Brewers. We're talking Badgers basketball right now. Bucks won last night as well. 
less important Bucks game, still a really fun game, but a game that I think continued to show us what we've seen all year. The Bucks and the Celtics are in two very different places in their trajectory as a franchise. And the Celtics can rest players, and because they're younger and hungrier and more unproven, they're still going to bust their ass. They're still going to get after it. And I remember watching when, when Mike Budenholzer first came to Milwaukee and the Bucks first started winning a ton of games and they were gunning for the one seed and gunning for 60 wins. The Bucks would have nights like that. Or even when their best players weren't playing, it's like, Jesus, even the depth on this team is unbelievable. Well, yes and no. It's more about where the team is. Is the team really looking to gun it every night? Yes, the Celtics are. The Bucks, absolutely not. The Bucks have a title. They got families. They got kids. They've been paid. They like All of that. They're older. So the Bucs aren't going to come out and play lockdown defense all the time in a game against a bunch of second stringers. And when they needed to lock it down last night, they did. Probably not enough for a lot of Bucks fans liking, but it's a Tuesday night in February. Take it easy. Now, the Badgers game, I got more to say about. That was an awesome win. It makes me feel pretty good about Greg Gard, and it's really fun to beat Hunter Dickinson, who he was a knob coming into last night. I think he made it worse last night, showing up in a ski mask for a couple different reasons he made it worse, as Vagabond John said. Brett in Eau Claire says, my McGee take, he had six, Chucky two in twice the minutes. Chucky might be losing his grip. Chucky will have rough shooting nights. My frustration with Chucky is more of a team-wide frustration. We all really like Chucky Hepburn. He's a great basketball player. We love his offensive game. We love his defensive game. They don't really run anything for him. They don't try to get him in good looks. They don't try to get him in advantageous spots. And because he's so small, he can sometimes struggle to get off high percentage looks, which is why when he has a cold shooting night, it's really hard for him to shoot his way out of it. I wish they would give him a little bit more help on offense, like run some different looks for him to get him opportunities to make easy baskets and get in a rhythm, and they just didn't. Kamari McGee, however, I look, we're not comparing Kamari McGee and Chucky Hepburn, but I, I do like the Kamari McGee minutes, and we could talk about that. Uh, text says, do you think any of the people saying Connor Siegen shouldn't be shart, uh, not sharding, starting or getting that many minutes will come out tonight? He is our best shooter. That's why he's starting. Yeah. Yes to all of that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. There were some people on Twitter today who were going back and forth in my mentions about how Jordan Davis is underrated and how he needs to shoot more. And I was like, you guys are in the, <laughs> you're discussing in the correct uh, Twitter mentions. As a big Jordan Davis fan, you guys are, you guys are home. But yeah, Connor Asijan is that guy. And Kamari McGee, maybe. I think Kamari McGee is depth on a team that is just dying for depth. And I, I don't even mean production or minutes. I, I mean, Chucky and Tyler Wall and Connor Asijan and all of the guys that are carrying the load and playing heavy minutes and starting. I think they're dying for another guy to pop. I, I think it's it's... It's needed on a level that's deeper than the scoreboard. It's not just that they need six points from Kamari McGee or whatever he had last night. Yeah, six points. It's not just that they need those six points to win a game. It's that for the flow and the vibes and the health of the team, right, even mentally, they need a guy to get excited about. They need someone that when they come in the game, when Chucky Hepburn goes to the bench or when Tyler Wall goes to the bench, they need someone who comes off the bench that kind of gets guys excited a little bit. Somebody they can cheer for. Somebody they can, like, not dread coming into the game. And Kamari McGee last night had a nice game. He had six points. He's very intentional. Three or four shooting. Super, you know, efficient. But Jeff Patrick has posted this video last night. 
And I thought it was a good example of, of what I'm trying to explain here. Chucky McGee, or not Chucky McGee, Chucky's on the bench. Kamari McGee's on the floor, and the Badgers go on this nice little run, and Michigan takes a timeout. And when Kamari McGee comes back to the bench, Chucky's amped up, runs right to him, looks really excited. The team's excited. And I don't think the team is just excited because they're winning. I think that these frontline guys, Chucky and Tyler Wall and Connor Asijin and Crowell, all these guys who are expected to carry the load, and if they don't carry the load, they don't win. I think they're just dying to cheer for someone coming off the bench. It's not just the production that's needed. I, I think it's the energy. Right? Anytime they brought someone in off the bench, it's like, well, how can we survive this? How can we just get by until we get our A-plus guys back onto the floor? And if Kamari McGee can be that guy, great. Because not only can he pour in six points and help the team win, but he can give some nice energy and keep Chucky Hepburn engaged and excited and all these guys in the loop when they hit the bench. I think this team is close, you guys. I... They got their problems offensively, and, and Tyler Wall has gotten better from where he was two Sunday nights ago when they lost to Northwestern. But I think this team is is close, despite their issues, despite some of their deficiencies. I, I think this team is close. They've just absorbed so many gut punches this year. This team's been going through it. They've They've struggled with some really tough losses, and I think this team is dying to celebrate something. I think last night hopefully works wonders for this team. Hopefully they don't waste last night. But despite some of these bad losses and these ugly moments, I think the mojo is there. I think the locker room is good. I, I still think they're totally buying into Greg Gard for as much as we crushing Greg Gard. Gus Bus was in the building last night tweeting about how much fun he had. I love being a scumbag, right? Playing into the Hunter Dickinson comment that was weird and bizarre. And it was weird and bizarre at the time. It was even weirder last night when he was pooping down his leg in the second half and watched Michigan lose when they said he'd steal the win. Right? I think these guys are still about Wisconsin basketball. They're still about Greg Gard's Wisconsin basketball. And this season has been tough for a combination of factors. And, and we talked about this yesterday. They're short a few guys. I don't think the Wisconsin coaching staff expected Johnny Davis to go to the league. Right, Lorne Bowman transferred to be closer to home. Jacoby Neath was injured. He played a little bit at the beginning of the year, and it just never really got off the runway. So now they're short a few guys, and Greg Gard struck out in the portal. They failed to replace Chris Vogt and, and some other players, and that's totally on Greg Gard, for sure. But Greg Gard striking out in the portal was further compounded by Johnny Davis all of a sudden surprisingly leaving, and Lauren Bowman not being in the program, and Jacoby Neath getting hurt. It was just kind of a perfect storm that left this team shorthanded, and some of that is on Greg Gard. I would contend that some of it's not. I also think Tyler Wall has had a nightmare season from a timing perspective. Right? Tyler Wall's cooking at the beginning of the year, and the team is winning. And yeah, they're winning close games, but that's college basketball, and I said that at the time. Team's rolling early. They start 11-2 and two or something like that, and then Tyler Wall gets hurt, and the team falls on hard times, and they start losing a couple of games. right? And Tyler Wall comes back off of a significant enough ankle injury, and he needs to play his way back into the swing of things in a burning house of a team. They lost four or five in a row, and everyone said, well, when Tyler Wall comes back, we'll be fine. When we get Wall back, we'll be fine. So Tyler Wall comes back in, and he's like, well, i, I got to be the guy that fixes this, I guess. So he's forcing and trying too hard, and it's affecting his game, and then he lost confidence. And I, I just feel for Tyler Wall because I know he's a better player than he showed. I think it's tough timing, not just for Tyler Wall, but I think it's tough timing for the team, a team that's short a few guys for a couple of reasons, different reasons that we talked about. So... I'm still buying what Greg Gard is selling. I'm still buying this team to a degree. The Northwestern losses are tough. The Nebraska loss is even tougher. 
if those three games go differently, I think we're having a different discussion about this team. You know, if I had wheels, I'd be a wag, and I understand that's a hypothetical, but, you know, for as gloom and doom as we've been about this team, maybe it's a rivalry win last night that's got me seeing things through rose-colored glasses, but I feel good about this team, I think, relative to most people, and I think we're maybe being a little bit too hard on this team that's experienced some really tough gut-punch losses, and this team's experiencing some some tough circumstances, the timing with Tyler Wall and being short a few guys. and I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's just the win last night, but I'm feeling like the Badgers maybe deserve a little bit more credit than we've given them recently, despite some of these games being ugly. Mike in Colorado wants more McGee minutes. Look, anybody who can produce off the bench, you can get a couple of points and get the troops fired up. I think that was a big part of last night's game. That kept Chucky Hepburn engaged on a bad shooting night, and then he gets the game-winning steal. Looked just like Drew Holiday at the end of the game. The Bucks and the Badgers game both kind of ending in a similar way. It looked very similar last night. So I'm going to say Drew Holiday uh, picking the pocket at the end and taking it for a dunk. Was that against Sam Hauser? I don't remember who that was against. It wasn't against Brogdon, I don't think. I think it was Hauser. And then Chucky Hepburn getting a, a game-clinching steal last night, as we've seen. And then Chucky Hepburn staying engaged despite his shot not falling. A really important part of this team's success. And I weirdly think Kamari McGee having a nice little run and, and getting the bench fired up when Chucky Hepburn was on the bench. I think that matters. I think that's important. Let's talk to Hector on Alaska, 608. Seven nine six two five five eight. What's up, Hector? So I haven't watched much um, co- college ball because, as a Michigan and Duke fan, I'm having a terrible year. You know what? You should. Um, I, I, I don't wish ill will on anybody, but like, suck it as a Michigan fan. Your team's not I easy agree. to cheer for, and they do it to themselves, but by their coach and their best player. Very much so. Of course, respectfully. No, no, no. Um, I was hoping you would have said it disrespectfully because that's pretty much how I feel about Michigan this year. <laughs> it's it's a joke. So I don't know. Uh, their record is everything about them is a joke. The program, everything. I think Jawan Howard was brought in because of you know the whole legacy of it all and the Fab Five and yada yada yada. But like. What is he? What is, his basketball knowledge seems to be as a player. He doesn't have any basketball knowledge when it comes to coaching, especially because he doesn't know how to be a leader of men, and he acts like a child. Um, so, yeah, I haven't watched much Michigan. The game last night was fun to watch, and honestly, watching um, the whole scheme ask BS. I was kind of rooting for uh, Wisconsin, um, also because that my father-in-laws and their bad fans, and I really Attaboy. wasn't trying to get beat up last night. So, blend in, um, yeah. right? Fake it to make it kind of thing. But I, totally. it's yeah, it, it's interesting when it comes to college ball because of how everyone is a little bit different on different days. Because you know, McGee doesn't get his minutes because of a certain reason, like. You know, what they see in practice, if he earned more minutes, he would have more minutes. So, yeah, everyone's always calling, like you have previously said, I think it was a couple of months ago on a show, the guy coming off the bench or the new person in town coming in, like, this is your hero. Like, this is the, you hold the hope of the fans. Yeah. And I think that that's what the bench does. Also, I wanted to point out how a couple of days ago you said that the Clippers made themselves worse at the um, trade deadline, and they haven't lost a game since, and all of their people that they traded for have contributed 
in a very good way. So um, I rebound the suck it to you, but just uh, in the NBA instead of the college game. No, I, I got you. And Hector, I appreciate the call. I got to take a break. You have an awesome night. It was nice you have a good night. You. Yeah, that's Hector not Alaska. Juwan Howard acting like a child all the time. Oh, any coincidence that his best player acts like a child as well? I'm just saying, I got my hands up. I'm not, I'm not making accusations here. I'm just making an observation. That's all. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll talk about basketball for a couple more minutes. I want to get into the Brewers at 5 o'clock, and I think we'll do some Packers stuff at 5.30. There you go. Now I've laid out the, the plan for the rest of the show. I know you were, I know you were all asking. 608-796-2558 if you have a take on the Badgers or the Bucks, We'll do it for 10 more minutes, and then we'll kind of reset the show at 5 o'clock. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're talking hoops. Two awesome basketball games last night. But it was the Celtics' second stringer. Did you enjoy the game? Was it not a great game? Was it not a great basketball game? Do you like sports or not? I'm aware that it was the Celtics' second stringers. I, I get it. I think it's a little reductive to just say, well, they should have blown them out. Well, it's a Tuesday night game in, in February. I don't know that the Bucks are taking it too personally. I don't know. We, we can calm down about it a little bit. I mostly see the angry Bucks fans on Twitter. It's like, man, you guys need to, you guys need to go to bed. Badgers won a more important game, I would contend, a rivalry game, and it was a game on yesterday's show that I compared to that late season matchup at Lambeau with the Packers and the Vikings. Might not end up mattering in the grand scheme of things. Might not mean anything at all for either team, but it's fun to beat a rival. And if at the very least it gets the fans juiced up at the Kohl's Center, and it did, if it gets the the fans juiced up to call it and talk on this show, if it gets the program a little life, hey, we'll take it. And I think the Badgers accomplished all those goals last night. The Badgers are a better team than we've seen the last couple weeks. I don't know how much better, but I can say pretty confidently that they're a better team than they've shown. Just got to get a little luck. Tyler Wall's got to get a little hot. Some things got to start going better. I think this team is a better team that they've shown. I don't know if that means they're a tournament team. I think Lenardi last night on ESPN said they were in their uh, first four group or first, their group of four teams, the, the first four out. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to say it perfectly. You know what I mean? They were one of the first four teams out. Very interesting resume. They have some really awesome wins and then they have some really awful losses, which are two variables that don't normally go together. So we'll see how the, the number crunchers and the data analysts make it work got a text here that says chucky hep bum is a clown it really doesn't work that well i know people are trying to make that a thing it's not it doesn't it doesn't work but moving on chucky hep bum is a clown him getting lucky last year banking in a three was the worst thing that ever happened to the badgers hep bum has cost us five wins at least this year he belongs in prison that's a take (laughs) i appreciate the drama Kamari McGee last night was great. I understand, but he's not Chucky Hepburn. Kamari McGee was just outstanding. Here's a little bit from Kamari McGee. He's talking about his confidence right now. It's through the roof. My confidence, well, my confidence is always high, um, but it's definitely a um, boosted, you know, just I feel like I'm playing at a much better pace and I'm playing under control. So it's definitely going to keep going up, but it's always there regardless of how I'm performing on either end. Confidence never, never drops. 
confidence. You saw that. And I think that confidence then gets bounced back. It's reflected back to Chucky Hepburn. You saw the body language when the batters went on a run. McGee and all the batters are coming off the floor, and then they're meeting the guys who are on the bench. And Hepburn was fired up. He was amped up. I think the energy and the confidence that Kamari McGee is feeling gets reflected back to the other guy. And I think it's it's circular, right? I think it compounds. I think confidence goes one way, back the other, back the other. And we started to feel that in the second half. I wish it would have lasted a little bit longer because they didn't score for the final 11 minutes or so of the game. But it would be a different conversation for a different day. Kamari McGee basically saying, all right, yeah, I gave the team a spark. I feel like I gave a good spark on both ends. Whether it was me just being a pest on the defensive end or getting into the paint and uh, making the right reads, I felt like I was just all over the place and just gave us a spark, the spark that we needed. He's correct. I guess that's maybe the language I should have used today. He's a spark, right? I think, again, a siege in and Wall and Chucky and Crowell, they're out there and they need to do it all every game because this team's not deep and they're not getting production from their bench. Not only do the Badgers need bench production, they need six, seven points here and there from somebody like Kamari McGee, but I think their starters need to feel that contribution, feel that energy. I think that's really important. It's not just about the production. It's about the vibes and the energy and the confidence that kind of, you know, ebbs and flows throughout the players on this team. And Kamari McGee coming off the bench last night and and really providing that. I think it made a difference, not just in the final score, but the way that players felt. And I think that supercharged Chucky Hepburn got him back out there ready to defend. And he gets a steal with the game on the line to really ice it like Drew Holiday did in overtime. A couple similarities late in both of these basketball games. Last night. Coming up next, a couple of things I want to do. I want to talk Brewers. Not a ton, just, just a little bit. Just a little treat because pitchers and catchers report this week. All the Brewers beats down in, in Arizona. I have an announcement, a big show announcement relating to the Brewers as well. And then I have some Aaron Rodgers and Packers stuff that we can get to. A lot more Wisconsin sports to talk about. So much more I want to discuss. Can't believe the show's already half over. Two awesome wins last night. And we can keep talking about it, but I want to bring some other topics in as well. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. Twitter, at Wisco Grant, hour two of the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. Well, here in Madison, it's a 10-point lead for Wisconsin. And Juwan Howard just got teed up. As he went face-to-face there with Kip Kissinger. I don't get caught up into what's down the road. I'm more concerned about playing good basketball right now. Because if you don't play good basketball right now, down the road ain't going to happen. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I just wanted to put the kibosh on Chucky Hepbum. I just don't think that flows off the t- I think that's forced. I think that's forced. Now, if you want to complain about Chucky Hepburn, look, the man has been throwing up bricks 90% of the time, it feels like. So I, I get it. I do. Shot selection's not great. It's not efficient offense. I, I, I get it. Hepbum is just, it's forced. Aaron in Janesville says, instead of Chucky Hepbum, can we be brave and go clanky Hepbrick? And now we're too far gone. Now we've left. His name's Chucky Hepburn. If we go clanky Hepbrick, that's we're, we're dealing with a, a different element here altogether. 
or, or, or we've, we've gotten lost in the woods a little bit. I don't know that there's a great nickname. I try to think of insulting nicknames for players and coaches and other radio hosts. <laughs> I do it all the time. Sometimes there's just not one there. There's just not a name to be made. I can't find one with Chucky Hepburn. If I've tried and I can't find it, I'd like just like to think it's not going to happen. Jared and DeForest also says, also a clear effort to attack the offensive boards last night. The announcers noted several times that we were 349th in the country in offensive rebounding. That must have had something to do with our philosophy as a team. I'm thinking guard might put an emphasis on it this week. Hopefully that continues so we can get more possessions. More possessions means more opportunities to score when we are struggling. Takes a possession away from the opponent too. Jared, I would break down what you just said and add to it, but you said all that needs to be said. Absolutely. If you can't get good shots, then try to rebound the shots that you take. Because sometimes you get free points that way, right? Sometimes all of a sudden, uh, one of your forwards ends up with the ball right in his lap under the bucket for an easy two-point putback. But not if the guy's not standing there waiting for a rebound, right? And also, if you're only shooting 30, 40, 45% from the field total, means you're missing a lot, well, go get some rebounds. You can bank that some of those shots aren't going in. So go be ready for the rebound. Absolutely. Try to get extra possessions. Try to get extra shots, extra points. I think a great contribution, Jared. Someone was watching in detail last night. I appreciate that. Thank you for the text. 608-796-2558. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I want to talk about the Brewers here in a couple minutes. Got a big show announcement. I also have some Packers things that I want to discuss. One Aaron Rodgers note, and then a statistic that I just found from Brian Burke, who does sports analytics at ESPN, uh, some next-gen stats numbers about team speed. An interesting, interesting note with the Green Bay Packers last year. And not in a good way. So we can talk about that coming up. First, let's talk to Matt in Cross Plains. 608-796-2558. What's going on, Matt? Welcome. Hey, just, hey, just celebrating, you know, uh, Badger victory. Um, I was just listening to uh, your, what was that, a text from that guy? Yeah. Yeah, he killed that, didn't he? Bo- he was spitting bars. Yeah, you get those offensive boards. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if we uh, made a few second chance points, though, too, instead of missing them all. Yeah, especially when you're not shooting well. Like, if you're a team that shoots the lights out, negating, you know, offensive rebound and ignoring it, not the worst plan in the world. You're doing fine without trying to get second chance shots. The Badgers need every point they could scrape together. I'm all for some offensive rebounding. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just we just got to figure out a way to get out of these dry spells, man. You can't go 10 minutes without scoring a, a field goal and uh, expect good things to happen, even though they happened last night, thanks. To, uh, you know, good free throw shooting, actually. So that, that was helpful. I almost forgot what good free throw shooting looked like. Yeah, I don't know how they slump bust. I don't know how they break it up when they're in the midst of one of their second half shutdowns, but they got to find out a way. I don't know what it is, but they got to figure it out. I think we're going to have a raucous game against Rutgers and beat them uh, at the Cole Center. It's going to be the signature win of the uh, regular season here and uh, get us on track. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going for, Grant. I'd be excited got the about evil, that. evil positivity and, uh, you know, not that Rowdy's pessimism. Well, Rowdy's got optimism or pessimism based on whoever he bets on. I I, I, I almost have a little beef with Rowdy this week because every time I turn on that show, it's just Rowdy getting mad about something that happened to one of the teams that he bet on. And I'm like, Rowdy, I don't care who you bet on. Like, your takes, you, they're just bad. They're, they're, they're just bad, and they're influenced <laughs> by your bets. So maybe I should call in tomorrow. And I wish I would have brought it up on yeah, Tuesday maybe. morning, but I, I didn't. I dropped the ball. 
Well, you'll be happy to know I'll be uh, covering the uh, state budget and the uh, you know the new brewer money that uh, hopefully everybody wants to have happen, so the team doesn't move and can upgrade American Family Field and oh. uh, do all that stuff. And I know I got you into politics there for a little bit because you were talking about when they couldn't elect a Speaker of the House. So uh, yeah, oh, you yeah. got to follow that too tonight. So we have a we have a, have rep- a budget surplus. What a couple billion dollars. Like we, we got a we got a big budget surplus, yeah. don't we? We can put a little bit of that towards the yeah. Brewers. That's fine. Yeah, why? Yeah, why not? I mean, it'd be better than losing the team. Like I heard some people say that they they, they don't care. Yeah, they don't care about the Brewers. That's Man. that's cap. When I hear people let them go to Nashville if they want that money, hey, excuse me. How about we don't? I don't know what I do without the Brewers. Can we please not do that? And I don't think you mean Here. that. Here's my plan. They make a new new brewer district and all those parts. They outlaw tailgating, and then they Whoa. lower the prices of everything in American Family Field. They, well, maybe not outlaw, but they size it down a little and, uh, you know, make it kind of like the Deer District, but then they lower some prices in the stadium for, you know, pier and brats and whatever. That's what I would say. But I, I'm a Cubs fan. I go to Wrigley. I expect to pay $500 every time I go to a game. So You know, here, here's, how, here's, here's year, so. how I feel about ballparks. I think every ballpark should be different. I don't think that Wrigley and American Family Field and Bush, that like they should all be very different experiences. That's why I like going to Target Field sometimes. Is you pop in and out of bars, you're right downtown. It's the same in Wrigleyville. American Family Field is not yep. that. If we're going to a brewer game, I want to tailgate. I want to bring stuff along. It's a completely different experience. And I think we all kind of want what we can't have, Matt. So we have American Family Field and we can tailgate. And I think part of us is like, well... I like the bars, and I like. But as soon as we have that, then we we're mad that there's no parking and there's no space to tailgate. So I, I just I think the grass is always greener, and that's why every stadium should be different. Well, and you never have a rain out too, so that's that's where Cubs fans are jealous of Brewers fans. At least yes. you never have a rain out. You always have a game. Doesn't matter. So. Yes, and I think we've also anyway, got anti-roof over the years. That's another good example of how the grass is always greener. We're like we're sitting in there, and it's hot and humid, sure, but there's baseball going on. I'm getting to see a game that I paid for my ticket with, so I'm. I, thank you for bringing that up, Matt. That's a good point. Yeah, and you know, and we'll just go back to the Badgers quick here. I think Guard is. I've gotten a big argument with uh, somebody over the weekend about talking about how we should have got Shaka Smart when we could have, and like I, I heard Shaka Smart didn't even want to coach in the Big Ten or for the Badgers. That's what I heard, but uh, that you know that could have just been a rumor. Anyway. But so he was arguing with me. If we had Shaka Smart right now, we'd be in the top ten, and I'm I'm not sure about that either. But I don't know. And like we got that Luke Fickle energy. Hopefully, uh, you know, Greg Gard can bring his own energy because that's not even guaranteed that we're gonna you know have an awesome season next year in football. But you know, if you, if I had to bet on it, sure, I, I would throw some money down that we will win nine to ten games at least next year in football. I love that. I think this Badgers team has a run in them. I don't know if it's a run that can take them to the tournament because they've really backed themselves into a corner, but I'm still high on guard. Last yeah. night was important. I think to beat a rival and to get your fan base fired up and your team fired up, even though it got ugly in the second half, I I think that spoke volumes to, to Greg Gard and, and his culture, and Gus Bus was there, and I I don't know. Last yeah. night Last night did a lot for me. I agree. I agree, and I think if we can pull off an upset against Rutgers here in the Cole Center, that we're we're on a good to make the you know to make the tournament, especially if we don't go one and out in the Big Ten tournament. So. They do have some good uh, some quad one wins. 
ESPN last night. So we do forget about that, but they do still have some good pieces on the resume. We'll see. We don't need to get out of ourselves. A win over Michigan was fun, and I'm glad that you called in to, to talk about it, Matt. I appreciate you. Yep. Yeah, good night, man. You as well. It's our guy, Matt and Cross Plains, listening to us on our Madison affiliate, The Zone. Yeah, someone does need to tell Rowdy, you got to stop letting your bets just drive your takes, buddy. Like I, I, And I think Ben got really mad at him on Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, when Ben was back. And Rowdy was saying, the holding call was the right call at the end of the game. And Ben was like, I don't care about your bet, Rowdy. I don't care that you bet. I, yeah, we, we, need to, we need to nip this in the bud. Maybe, maybe I'll call the show tomorrow if Rowdy's still doing this. This is takes are just bet-driven, and it's just toxic. Daniel and Madison, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Daniel? Well, I didn't hear if you had talked about the Bucks already this afternoon. Um, but I just wanted to say this. Yeah. Um, I don't care who you play or what players are on that team or who's injured or who's not injured. Um, it's hard to get W's. It's hard to win in the season. In the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get wins. There's a reason why the Rockets have, like, what, 18 wins, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you play when you play them. It's, I mean, it, it does when it comes down to it and you get to the playoffs and all that stuff and you play matchups and all that. But to get 11 wins in a row and go for 12 going into the All-Star break while also only playing – you know, your big three, 12 times together over the course. Of, I, I, I could not be happier with where they're at. And I, I couldn't care less if they went to overtime or only won by the skin of their teeth. Like, I, I don't care. I, yeah. that, I, I was perfectly fine with that. I mean, a little bit frustrated that, like, Giannis was missing layups and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to be mad at a win. And yeah. It was very funny watching Boston Celtics fans go, "Yeah, but we didn't have anybody, so we basically won." You know, like, well, but did you? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, I, yeah, I guess Celtics fans are right. They didn't have anybody. I, I still respect what Boston has, even without some of their best players on the floor. Because you know, Daniel, think back to when the Bucks first got good, and I keep bringing up 2018, 2019, 2020, when they were going for sixty games, and Giannis was trying to win MVPs, and they're trying to get the number one seed. It almost didn't matter who was in the lineup night in and night out. Now, it, it did matter, but they could be without a guy or two or three, and then the bench would light it up. And, and there was just something in the air those seasons. Right? The team is young and dumb and hungry and just going for it. It almost doesn't matter when you're down a star, right? It almost doesn't matter. And the Bucks have now gotten to a point where they're not that team anymore, right? They're accomplished. They're older. They've been paid. They're less hungry, Right, And hopefully that doesn't matter in the playoffs, but in the regular season, that matters. Boston is a team that's going for it, pedal to the metal, no matter who's on the floor. The Bucks just aren't that team, and I think that's really important context. Not only last night, but on the entire season, the Bucks just aren't wired the same way that the Celtics are, and that's okay. Well, I also think you have to remember that uh, when you take out stars, uh, you don't have iso ball or all that stuff that you see with like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Sure. Once you take that away, then all of a sudden they're running their offense and they're the ball's flying around the perimeter and you know they're getting good shots. A lot of threes. Taking a ton of threes. Yeah. Exactly. So um, you know, the Bucks weren't exactly coming in expecting that either. So there there wasn't a lot of game plan for all right, well, they're gonna shoot sixty threes today, you know? Um, 
So I, I mean, I, I think that as long as you, as long as you're getting wins, uh, there's nothing really to worry about. I will tell you though, I'm worried about the Badgers, and I have been, and I continue to be, well, mostly you, because I'm a, a Greg Gar fan. Yeah. And if this continues, I, I mean, he's kind of digging himself a hole, if you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying like fire guard because that's stupid, but at the same time, like it's like with each loss again, didn't lose, but with each loss, it's kind of like, okay, well it's getting harder and harder to defend you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nebraska was tough. The Northwestern losses were tough and I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a break here in a couple minutes, Daniel. I'm going to let you go and we can wrap up this Badgers conversation. I appreciate you. Oh, and there goes Daniel classic Dave from Monona dropping off. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you on the bad losses. I think the thing that frustrates me most about Greg Gard and what frustrated me most in some of those ugly losses is it's like, man, you got Chucky Hepburn, and this guy is basically forced to just jack really poor shots because either they don't run things for him to get him easier looks, to get his shot going, to build some confidence, or Chucky Hepburn just isn't getting it. He's not fitting in the offense. It's not working for him. And if that's the case, you got to tweak. You got to make little adjustments here and there. You don't need to overhaul the entire swing offense, but right, work in some wrinkles for Chucky Hepburn to get some easier looks because you just can't win with one of your best players on a really shallow team, right, shooting 3 of 12, 4 of 15. That's just not going to cut the mustard. And we can't just run out there every night, the same thing, hoping for a different. These aren't high-percentage shots. They're not good shots. They're not quality shots. They're not easy, makeable shots. Chucky Hepburn makes a lot of tough shots literally because he has to, because he has no other choice. Those are the only types of shots that he takes. I think that's my my point of frustration with Greg Gard. I think the culture's still good. The energy's still good. I think the team's still bought in to this version of Wisconsin, Greg Gard's version of Wisconsin. Gus Buss was there last night. That made me happy to see some tweets, and I'm glad that they won, and, and the environment was good for that reason because he was there, and, and the recruiting's been good for Gard. The development and the fit always hasn't been great. But then again, look at what happened with Johnny Davis last year. So we can cherry pick examples all we want. Let's take a three-minute break. We can wrap up the basketball talk, get into the Brewers and the Packers a little bit next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we got the night off from at least any of our local teams playing no bucks no badgers no packers obviously nfl is done it's kind of an on-off schedule right we talked about this yesterday growing up i had a friend whose dad was a doctor he'd work like 14 on 14 off man that sounds terrible but also awesome and that's kind of our reality this time of year right last night all i did was watch basketball tonight i think i got band practice then I might go home, play some video games. And there's some good NBA games on tonight, too. Try to catch a couple of those NBA lounge tomorrow at 4. I want to talk Brewers here in a few minutes. Big announcement tonight. Big show announcement as it pertains to the Brewers. We'll get to that in a few minutes. First, let's talk to David. 608-796-2558. David, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm doing fine. Good. I just want to say I heard you push back yesterday on a call or vagabond John. And I hope I get just a tiny bit of credit for 
encouraging you to push back sometimes. Oh. But I was I was glad you did. Oh. Well, I'm glad I maybe I you maybe still, I did it for you. I guess indirectly I had you in the back of my mind. Well, you still are the most polite host, and don't lose that. But at the same time, I like it when you push back. And speaking of pushing back, yeah. did I just hear you say three minutes ago that the recruiting, the Badger basketball recruiting has been good? Yes. Uh, you're going to have to explain that one to me because I think it's been horrid, which is why they really only have five starters and a couple of guys who can help a little bit. Are you saying this year it's been particularly good? Because I'm saying in general. I think this year what hurt him is not being able to get anybody in the portal. They didn't get an extra big to replace Chris Vode and Johnny Davis departed kind of out of nowhere, so they had to scramble. I think this year their issue wasn't the recruiting. It was the fact that they couldn't get extra bodies when they kind of had a couple of unexpected departures. Okay. I, I just... If there is one area of criticism of this program, to me, it has been they just don't seem to bring in the players. They're, and, they're, and I don't know what that is. Their 2023 Culture class is great. They got two three-star or one three-star guard, a three-star forward, and then Gus Yaldin, who's a four-star. Their recruiting pound for pound is, is good. Chucky Hepburn was a highly recruited player. They're getting good players. That's not the batter's problem. They're not getting enough good players. Well, you can never have but enough you know good what? players, David. Come on now. I'll let your I'll let your listeners talk about that. Uh, but I just I heard you make the comment and and I immediately it got my hackles up. That's fair. I, I don't believe they've they've done a good job of recruiting, and I don't know whether it's fair to be critical of them for not doing a good job of recruiting. I just haven't heard anybody really say over the years that they've done a good job of recruiting. So, okay. I'd like for them to have a little bit better case at getting the best in-state players like Jalen Johnson uh, and obviously Tyler Hero. We can you know talk about that until we're blue in the face. I wish they were a little bit more of a, a sexy destination for some of the best in-state players, but I don't know if they're ever going to be that. Their class next year is really good. They have the 33rd best recruiting class in 2023. I just found it on, on 24-7. I, I get that that's not mind-blowing, but for a program like Wisconsin that doesn't crank a lot of players into the NBA and doesn't have a lot of flash and star power, they, they do pretty well. I hope that Wall comes back next year healthy because it's clear he's not the player that he was at the beginning of the year. And beyond that, you know, I, I hope that the guys that are recruiting, because they don't lose anybody else, do they? Is the, the kid who transferred the other starting guard or the other starting small forward who's pretty good who i really like is he is he a senior i don't know who you're referring to and i also i don't know even if i did know who you're referring to i, I don't know off the top of my head <laughs> it's a kid with a bushy hair who likes to drive the ball and plays good defense chucky hepburn no 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 the forward crowl carter no. gilmore no, no, no. It's their fifth starter. Uh, I just I, let me pop open the. Oh, I am not being able to. Oh, Klesman. Yes, I like him. You said forward. That's that's my bad. I should have connected that. I well, let me look. I got it right. We can do research together, David. It's fine. He's a junior. Well, they got him. They got him out of the portal. Yes. Yep. 
So that was one hit they had. They needed to replace Chris Vogt. They, they don't have enough bigs. And last night, that's why I give Absolutely. a lot of credit to um to Carter Gilmore for the work he did on Dickinson. He didn't log a lot of stats. He wasn't blocking shots or anything like that. But he really did a good job kind of messing with Dickinson last night and, and keeping him out of rhythm in the second half. Gilmore has improved every year enough to be a guy who can play defense, set screens, rebound. Uh, I think I think he is a guy who's really come a long way. He's still not somebody who you can count on. You know, he's just he's a role player. Yeah. But but lots of credit for how he has progressed over the years. He's he really does deserve a lot of credit. I think. We're going to talk about Rodgers here in a little bit. David, would you like to give a preemptive take on what's going on with Rodgers right now? Just real quick. You have a quickie? Anything? I just think, uh, you know, and you, you said the same thing. It's time for him to go because for all the reasons that they can get something for him, they need him for salary cap relief, uh, it's time for us to see what Love can do, it's time to move on. And I don't think he'll want to stay because – we cannot be competitive next year for the Super Bowl because of the salary cap issues, and he doesn't want to be there with a team that, you know, at best can go 10-7, and seven, I think. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with everything you just said. Absolutely, David. I'm going to let you go because we got to do some Brewer stuff, and I have a show announcement to give. I've been hyping this up, and I need to do it or people are going to get annoyed. <laughs> Can't wait. Have a good one. Yeah, you as well. That's David, 608-796-2558. David, I am no Badger expert here. I, I do have to, as you say, push back a little bit. I think you're barking up the wrong tree with recruiting. I don't have composite rankings off the top of my head, and I, I, I can't throw numbers back at you. Wisconsin recruits pretty darn well. And Greg Gard has been the recruiter for a long time. Greg Gard recruited under Bo Ryan. And CT tweeted in, he said, tell this clown Gard recruited every player under Bo. Decker and Kaminsky came because of him. Yeah, yes. The Badgers have recruited. Now, it's... it's how do, I, how do I do this? The Badgers are, again, not the sexy destination in Wisconsin. They're not getting these premier players who are maybe going to go one and done or two and done into the NBA. So they need to take that next year down, and they do a really good job with it. Right? I, like, David, I just read a little bit about recruiting. It's not my forte either. I don't love reading about high school kids, but the Badgers do pretty well, and their class for next year is is excellent. Right? And Gus Buss, who was in the building last night, Gus Yaldin, the four-star, Right, he's a top 100 player next year, and I know that doesn't like scream elite when I say top 100, but it's Wisconsin again. They're a slower, a little bit more old-fashioned team. They're not super sexy. Chucky Hepburn's a sexy player. They got Chucky Hepburn. They recruit. They recruit okay. They do. They do pretty well. I'll defend defend the Badgers in that regard. Let's take a five minute break. We'll get into baseball, and I have an announcement coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding day. Excellent day. Thanks for listening. Got some Packers things I want minutes. First, a couple of Brewers things that I wanted to mention, including an announcement that I tweeted about earlier today, and I've been hyping up for an hour and 35 minutes, and what I've started to realize is the more I hype this up, the more disappointing it's going to be when I finally get to it, so let's just do it. <laughs> 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. 
I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. So pitchers and catchers report for the Brewers this week. And very exciting, something we've been working on for a while. Uh, For the first time in the very rich and storied history of the show, we're going on the road. We're going to spring training in a couple weeks. It's very exciting for us. Uh, We're going to be there March 13th through the 17th, five days during the week, five shows. We're going to be broadcasting live from the Brewers Complex. Mark it down, right? This is going to be good for us. We're going to talk to some brewers. We're going to get some some big voices. We're going to make some connections for the show. This is going to be good for us as a community. It's very, I'm super jacked to do this, and I'm super excited to go watch some baseball as well. Selfishly, although it's work, I'm selfishly excited to go be in a ballpark and watch baseball. So we're going 13th through the 17th, uh, and it's possible thanks to some friends in lacrosse. The Flipside Pub and Grill, lacrosse beer house. We were doing football parties at lacrosse beer house all season long. Uh, we've done things at, at Flipside from time to time as well, and they're a part of the show too. So they're helping us out. They're making it possible, and it's it's going to be bitching. We get to go to the ballpark for five days. We need to get Craig Council on the show. I don't know how we do it. Uh, I, I guess that's for me to find out. But we do need to get Craig Council on the show. I almost pity Craig Council because he doesn't know this because he doesn't know who I am. But um, <laughs> but I've had a Google Doc for over two years, and it's just littered with questions that I would ask certain people if I were able to get them on the show. Uh, and Craig Council is one of the people. I got like six or seven questions that I've been hoarding. For the last two years. So if we get some time with Craig Council, I get to unload some of those, bring it to you on the show. So March 13th through the 17th, we are headed to Brewer Spring Training. We're going to broadcast live there. It's going to be a blast. Uh, and again, thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Jeremy and Scotty tweets in uh, five minutes ago and said $6 concession voucher giveaway? Question mark. I feel like I should have included the voucher giveaway in this announcement. Yes. Remember when that was the thing? I almost forget. Thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot about that because it was like six or seven Brewers things ago. The Brewers have done so many dumb things in the last couple of months and in the last calendar year. The $6 concession voucher almost gets lost. Now, they didn't hype up the Josh Hader trade. Imagine that. Can you imagine that? Because for the concession voucher, they hyped it up for a couple weeks where they're like, we're going to pass the attendance thing. What was it? A million, 10 million, 100 million. I don't remember how many people it was. They hit this big milestone, and they're like, and we're going to have a special uh, giveaway for all of the fans. We just want to show our appreciation. And they hyped it up for weeks. And then they're like, here's a $6 concession voucher. It can buy you 90% of a bottle of water. (laughs) But you can fill the bottle of water up again at the drinking fountain. It's pretty good value. $6 concession voucher. Yeah, not the announcement. That would have been funny. We are headed to spring training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill. And Lacrosse Beer House, both establishments you should visit if you're ever in Lacrosse. If you're listening on the Zone or Sports Talk 1051 in Eau Claire, definitely spots that are worth hitting when you visit Lacrosse, and you absolutely should because I love Lacrosse. It's my favorite place in the state. Let's talk to FedEx Fred, 608 796 2558. What's going on, Fred? Congratulations on that, Grant. Oh. And thanks to your sponsors for helping you do that. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be, I'm going to have so much fun. And we get to get some brewer. Well, we get to go see our guy, Kurt Hogue. And just get some get some Brewers players and get their voice on the show. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. Well, while you're down there, maybe you can bring seven hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand dollars, and you can give that to <laughs> to uh, Corbin. Is it Burns? Yeah, yeah Corbin Burns. Yeah. So uh, that way the Brewers don't look so pathetic. 
Look, we'll, we'll, we'll get a fund together. How about that? We'll pitch in. We'll pitch in for the Corbin Burns fund. We'll say, hey, the fans will chip in and, and meet your arbitration number where the Brewers wouldn't, but that means you have to resign in Milwaukee. That's how that That's how that deal can work. Is, is this their theory of taking another bite at the apple? So is this is this is this what we can expect from Brewers from here on out? Asking for Fed, asking for state money to help redo a stadium, and then just not pay players what they deserve, and and then trade them halfway through the season because he's going to get traded because he's not going to resign with the Brewers after this. There's a world in which Brewers fans look at this uh, arbitration story. And they say, well, this is how the process works. You know, the the team puts in their number. They might not even know what number Burns is putting in. It's not that they were actively looking to be cheap. It's just how the system works, right? There's a world in which Brewers fans look at this scenario and give the Brewers the benefit of the doubt. The problem is that reality, that scenario died the day that Josh Hader was traded. And I said it at the time. I said the Brewers, you know, if the season goes south, the Brewers will obviously regret this. And it did. And they should regret it. But Brewers fans now, they're awake. They're paying attention. They said, all right, now now we're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt on all of these things. Now when you're, you know, scrimping out money in arbitration, we're going to notice and we're going to kill you for it. And the Brewers really haven't gotten away with anything post-Josh Hader trade the way that they might have before that trade happened. And this is just one example. Yeah, it, to, to me, it's a, it's, it's your, your, why are you depleting one of the greatest pitching staffs in the MLB right now? Why, why is this coming up to a, uh, arbitration you should have sat down and said hey instead of doing this let's 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 structure a deal to re-sign you and keep you here yeah like, i, I don't know if it's in the cards i don't know if they can afford it but in the meantime can we keep them happy and and just give them a couple of extra hundred thousand a small price to pay they're still getting a, a bargain compared to what burns would be paid on the open market yeah i guess that eight percent eighteen percent in the uh european soccer league is really cutting into the Brewers' profits <laughs> over here. That's another thing. That's another thing. That's a that's a normal business person investment to invest in a soccer team. But because the Brewers did what they did over the last year, we look at that more critically. That's what I'm saying, Fred. We're pissed, and, and we're going to find little things to be pissed about. Well, the, he came in promising gold and silver for Brewers fans. Hey, we're going to turn this program around. We're going to start spending money. And now we're just another small market team getting getting lied to by our owner. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know how this Burns scenario resolves itself because there's I don't know if there's a reasonable world in which they can pay him. I know there's not a world in which they can pay him and Woody. Woody seems like maybe a more reasonable target to try to lock down long term. So maybe that's where the Brewers go. But in the meantime, you're not helping your your standing with Burns if you're going to fight him tooth and nail over a couple of thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it basically leads in a late-season trade around the deadline. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. And we're going to get peanuts in return. A couple of top prospects and a couple of bullpen catchers. Bullpen. That's probably what that trade is going to end up with. Bites of the apple. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, I get you, Fred. Well, congratulations to Grant again on that, Grant. That is great news. And I hope you get counsel so that way you can ask him some questions. <laughs> I have one thing in particular I really want to tell him, and I know I can make him laugh. This is my mission. This is my goal. But, yeah, thank you, Fred. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for yes, the call. Yes, have a great day, Grant. You as well.
FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. Yeah, now I got to get ready for spring training so I know what the heck's going on when I get down there. And prepping for Brewer spring training, at least the last couple of years, it's it's a bit of a task, right? And there's a lot of turnover in baseball as it is. There's new faces every spring, new relievers we got to learn about, new position players, like because there's just so many baseball players in the majors and in the minors. It's, you just can't know of them all like you maybe could in the NBA. Like, I have a pretty good handle on most NBA players, not even close with Major League Baseball, right? But it's, I think, even more difficult with the Brewers, especially because they're always looking to turn guys over. We're going to turn Hunter Renfro into Jesse Winker after two years ago turning Jackie Bradley Jr. into Hunter Renfro. And it's like, well, okay, we're keeping up. We're keeping pace. We're learning about this guy, learning about that guy. And it's hard. We got to keep up with all this, right? Rowdy Telez a year ago. Now Wilson Contreras is in town. We got to learn about him, learn about his righty-lefty splits, learn about all these different things, right? Prepping for a Brewers season is especially tough, I think, because we need to try to see the roster and see the acquisitions uh, like Stearns or or now Matt Arnold sees them, right? It's not enough to say, oh, we got Yoli Shasin. Here are his numbers. Here's what he's good at. We need to say, okay, what is David Stearns going for here? Right? What's the ceiling of what this guy could be? Because David Stearns is buying low and hoping for something. What's he hoping for? What's he banking on? What's the goal? And it was the same with Rowdy Telez. What does he know about Rowdy Telez? We don't know, right? He's not getting enough opportunity. If he gets more quantity, he can do this. He's a lefty, blah, blah, blah. So we got to almost read between the lines on some of these things. And this offseason is, is no exception. Like Jesse Winker was awful last year in Seattle. 2022, he was terrible. So now I got to go in between the lines and say, okay, he was bad last year, but, you know, what about this year? What about that? He's good at this. He's not good at that. Like, I'm looking through old stats. I'm like a lawyer. I'm in doc review. I'm finding case precedent, trying to put together the best case scenario of what these additions could be. Adam McAlvey put out a pretty good Winker story yesterday, MLB.com, Brewers.com. He's just their guy. And Winker's been in Phoenix rehabbing and working for over a month now. He had two surgeries in the offseason. So he needs to be rehabbing. But anyways, still makes me feel good that he's been there, especially after his, like, work ethic and his commitment. You know, those things were concerns in in Seattle. And we remember talking about that when this trade went down. Hopefully it was just a bad fit, and that's why he wasn't on his best behavior. Of course, that's just today's generation. You know, back in the day, players didn't need a good fit to perform. They would would just do it. It's today's generation. We're going to coax a Dave call if we're not careful. Eric on I-90, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Eric? Hey, congratulations, Grant, on your uh, field trip that you're taking. This is uh, this is quite a step up now for your for your show, isn't it? This is a step up for us, Eric. We're a legit sports show now, and no one can take that away from us. That's that's impressive. You're gonna be you're gonna be out there in the mix. I'm gonna and be faking it is what I'm gonna I, do, but it'll still be fun. Obviously, <laughs> it's baseball, and you love that, and I do, and that's great. That is great. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to get some sources. We're going to be in the know now as a community, and that that makes me very happy. We want to be on the cutting edge, Eric, and now now we have an inside You're, track. Will you almost be like a journalist then, or are you going to switch over? Because right now you're a show host, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I told All Zach right. Heilprin when, when I was putting in for media credentials, and Zach's kind of in charge of that stuff for our network, and I said, Zach, you know what this means. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a journalist now. I don't think he responded, or he responded, LOL. I, I don't I, I don't remember exactly. But I told him the same thing. We're journalists now. You're going to be up in the booth then, or, like, covering? Yeah. Are you going to be able to be, like, up in, right up, like, 
like, you know, up in there calling it like you got your own spot. The 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 press box, yes, I believe is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be right in there. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're getting away with something. It's going to be fun. I, I'm excited to hopefully, because it's kind of, you know, March. We got March Madness, but what if the Badgers don't make the tournament? What are we going to talk about in March? Boom, we're in spring training. We get some players, we get some coaches, we get some different voices on the show. That's that's what uh, out, Eric. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, where where are you going to go? Do where is this going to be at? Is it in Arizona or in Florida? They're in the Cactus League, so they're in Arizona. Nice, still nice. And still the Bucks nice. play the Suns the week that I'm out there, so maybe I maybe I try oh. to. Finesse. I wonder if I could get some. I wonder if I could get free tickets for that somehow because that's going to be an expensive ticket. Wonder how. Yeah, I'm a journalist now. I should be able to get a press credential, right, Eric? I should be able to go. You co- should just cover be able that to take game. that that credential and just go right over that game <laughs> and say, "Well, WKPY Wisco Sports Show." You yeah, know? yeah. You've never heard of us? Yeah. I, doesn't this this little pass gets me in everywhere, right? Right, right. You know, I was going to call you on that trade deadline day. You know, I was listening to all the trades, and then I heard Kevin Durant to Phoenix, and I said, the first thing that came out of my mouth, I said, that is a problem. That's going to be a problem. That's He's a really good player going to a really good team. Yeah, it's a problem for the West, that's for sure. It won't be a problem for us until the NBA Finals, which I love. Right, right. I, 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 I don't like that guy. He's... You know, I got a lot of respect for him. He's a great player, but I don't I don't like him. I don't like him one bit. So, Eric, you got into, for callers that aren't more, more familiar with you, um, you got into NBA somewhat recently, right? I remember you calling my show, geez, I don't know how long ago it was, and you're saying, I'm getting into the Bucks. I'm learning about the Bucks. blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't know if you right, were into yeah. basketball or if you really knew who Kevin Durant was before. It just blows my mind how Kevin Durant is, and this is, you know, Captain Obvious if you watch a lot of basketball, but Eric, you see this. You know, he just makes... Hard shots look so easy. He makes an elbow jumper like a layup. Seriously, it's it's that easy for him because he he's does. that tall. It's unbelievable to watch. Right, he is. He's unbelievable to watch. He's uh, an awesome player, and uh, you know he was. You know, if that guy would have had a little bit smaller foot, you know, we wouldn't have that championship uh, trophy hanging there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might. Right? Yeah. I mean, if that guy had a size. 12 or a 13 instead of a size 14. And that's you know? how the, and that's but, how the playoffs work. Like if Chris Middleton doesn't tip over and hurt his knee last year, then the Celtics probably don't go to the final. Like, and, and you know this, Eric, sometimes with your Vikings, it's often the team that's not supposed to win it all. That ends up winning it all. Right. It wasn't supposed to be the Chiefs right. this year. It was supposed to be the bills, right. Or the Bengals, but the chiefs who, who are kind of sneaky rebuilding, right. they found their way in, even though it probably wasn't their year to get in. What did you think about the Super Bowl, Grant? What did you think about it? Um, I'm a little jealous of the Chiefs as a Packers fan, and I'm just blown away by Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is... Do you know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl when you're going up against a roster that's better than you, when the other team's defense is better, right? It's just, it's so hard to do, and Patrick Mahomes just was unbelievable on Sunday. He really was. I mean, it's it's hard to... It's hard to find something wrong with the guy, you know. Um, so it's been it's been some fun sports here. Hey, that Bucks game last night was awesome. Um, I thought, anyways, I actually stayed up. You know, I'm 
I'm on disability now, so I stay up late at night. Usually I'm in bed by 8 o'clock. Ooh, you're a night owl. What, so, what are you doing into the wee hours of the night? You playing poker online? You, you what, what are you doing? Been watching. You know, I think I've set a record for watching Facebook videos. <laughs> I sit there and I look at one after the other after the other. It's I can't believe there's that much content out there. Oh, yeah, and it's and it, you'll find, like, like stuff getting in. This will probably right up your alley. Stuff getting crushed with a hydraulic press. Those videos are. I don't right. know why I get sucked into those. Or or the big grinders where they right. throw scrap metal in and it'll cut it up. Just industrial stuff. Right, right. And it's you know it's just it just. And then I've learned so much about submarines and <laughs> the SR seventy one. It's just it's just mind boggling the amount of content that's out there. So. Yeah. No, I just uh, hadn't talked to you in a while. I wanted to see how you're doing, and you got big news going on, going out to Arizona. You're going to cover the Brewers, and it's they should change time. that Brewer parking lot into something different. You think so? You know, yeah, you can find Mad Max out there somewhere if you go far enough. <laughs> Seriously, that's what it feels there. like. Yeah, you're right. It's like a never-ending. So, but yeah, Brewers game, they're fun. Yeah. They got golf now there, too, so... And I, and I I thought I was going to get through a show, but I heard you mention Aaron Rodgers there before. Yeah, it was sounding well, like you were going to get through a show here without talking about him. No, I don't. I don't know if it's possible. That's how I'm going to wrap up the show after this last break. Is I'm going to have an Aaron Rodgers take, and then I'm going to sail off into the night before anyone has a chance to call, and then we can't dwell on it. I think what you have to do now is when you get out to Arizona, you got to swear that you're not going to bring him up because you got better things to talk about. Yeah. Watch, he'll get, he'll, get tra- he'll get traded that week, and we'll end up, we'll end up talking about it all week, even though I'm at the Brewers Stadium. That's how that would go. Oh, God. All right. Thanks for nice putting that idea to you, Nice to talk to you, Eric, as well. That Mad Max comment, that was that made me laugh. That was good. That was clever. Three-minute break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. of minutes here from eric on i-90 i didn't know he was home uh eric had a what did he say he had a kidney removed that's right and he humorously pointed out that if you got to lose an organ it's good to lose a kidney because you know you got two of those i suppose especially men we do have some body parts where we have two of them that doesn't mean you want to lose one you don't want to lose a kidney either but i'd rather lose a kidney than a you, you know the other thing the other one <laughs> I don't want to lose either, but if I got to pick, I think I'm kicking the kicking the kidney to the curb. We appreciate Eric. Nice to hear from him. Yeah, news of the day. Uh, we're headed on the road. Show's going on the road. Thanks to Lacrosse Beer House and Flipside Pub and Grill. We're going to Maryvale. A whole week broadcasting live from the ballpark, essentially. We're going to get in there. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get my hands dirty. Real uh, journalistic stuff. Get in there, talk to some players. I'll talk to whoever. Get them on the show, get some audio, get some scoops. And us as a community, we're going to be better for it. We're going to have the cutting edge on some Brewers information on what the season's going to look like. You'll be hard-pressed to find a a more educated, in-the-loop group of people than us come mid-March. So it'll be March 13th through the 17th. Got a couple of games that week. The Reds 
the Diamondbacks, the Angels, the Texans. And then that Tuesday, there is no Brewer game, but the Bucks play at the Phoenix Suns. Should I really go all out and try to get credentialed for that game? I feel like credentials are going to be in short supply for that game. That might be difficult to pull. It's like, oh, Zach Lowe's in town. We can give a credential to Zach Lowe or Grant Bills. Grant who? Yeah, get Zach the spot. <laughs> who knows? I don't need to be in the press box. Just let me in for free. That's all of it. It's, it's a money thing, really. It's not an access thing. It's not a journalist thing. It's just Kevin Durant versus Giannis. The one time the Bucks come west, finals rematch. I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of scratch. I might need to get into that game for free, but super, super excited. Very much looking forward to it and very appreciative of our friends at Flipside and the Beer House who've done stuff with the show. They're both friends of the show, but this is especially exciting and it should be a really fun week. That's coming up in March. But until then, we got to talk more Badgers basketball, talk more Bucks, and we didn't get to the Packers tonight. So we'll push that to tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday night. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4th.